Hey everybody, you're about to tune into another episode of the How It's All podcast, and I wanted to take some time out to say thank you for tuning in and showing your support by listening to the How It's All podcast. I hope you all enjoy the episode you're about to listen to. Please subscribe to the How It's All podcast to stay updated with new episodes as well. Thank you all for listening and tuning in, and please continue to do great things. Welcome everybody to the How Talk Podcast. This is Jetpack Nick, and I'm here with a very special guest, my guy, Brandon Scooby Robinson. Say what's up to the people. What's up to the people? <laughs> you what's took that literally. <laughs> exactly. What's going on, everybody? Uh, cool to be on uh, Nick's podcast again. He's doing his thing. <clears throat> and um, yeah, that's all I have to say. Last time we talked, we were bored in the house, and in the house bored, we still are, but some progression has been made now we're doing it on video so good to see you in person for the first time we did audio last time absolutely man it's a pleasure to have you back man so so for the people who who don't know who you are or who haven't heard the first episode that we did together let the people know who you are what you're about and what you do valley sports network uh that's what we're doing and um we're having fun with it uh 19 of the 30 NBA teams play on the network. Uh, it's what the Fox Sports Regional Network was. But even before all of that, uh, started industry at 12 with the Nets. Uh, Scoopy Radio garners five to 10 million streams annually on all platforms. Um, writer, on camera, video, all that good stuff. So, yeah, man, like I said, here we are. Glad to be here once again. All right. All right. So I actually want to dive into some of that, you know, just my own personal curiosity. So, you know, making your transition as a, a young kid in this industry up until the point now, you know, you working with Bally and you having your own podcast. Like, what was the transition for you just kind of growing up in this industry and just you honing your skills into becoming who you are today? I think purpose has a lot to do with it. You know, basketball is what I love. But so is culture. So is entertainment at large. Um, recently at Valley Sports, uh, you know, they hired me to be their basketball guy. But we've also, you know, da- tapped into culture. Um, we recently had Memphis Bleak uh, on the, the Valley Sports Network. And we talked about Jay-Z versus Nas and all that other stuff. And, you know, so that, that there's a carryover there. I've always had interest in the arts as well as sports, particularly basketball, fashion and more. And, um, you know, that even was the case as a kid, um, just uh, growing up in, in both the city as well as Jersey and Jersey as well as the city, basically like, you know, tapping into fashion, you know, my family owning uh, businesses and just, I've always been in tune with it, but I think more or less in the digital space that we're in, people see the correlation between the two. Um, it's always been the case. Uh, whether it's in music and more so, you know, just over time, we, my foundations were in radio. Um, but, you know, when I finished grad school, uh, I did a lot of writing and, you know, my business partner, we both agreed that like um, the way to get lit, whether it's on the internet or whether it's, you know, it, whether it's traditional, you know, print writing or covering a team is the more you write, the more and more people uh, seek you out for, uh, on camera stuff. So I, I remember when I was at the Source magazine, um, I, a, a woman by the name of Alvina Austin uh, was booking me to do uh, TV spots on Arise TV, um, which was in Manhattan. And I would often either come from my house or come from the Source if I was there that day and just, you know, do segments, five to 10 minute segments, just talking about various sports topics that got me comfortable, 
you know, doing TV and just over time, you know, I've been able to, you know, get those, those quick hits, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, some of that other stuff. So, you know, now transitioning to on camera full time and less writing, um, it's really just, you know, being a field reporter and now at an anchor desk and just calling people that you, that you're cool with and, you know, having them come on your show and, and give them some time because they trust you as, you know, as a person, it, it's more therapeutic sitting on set with me talking. So it's, it's pretty absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, that's absolutely true. Just me being a fan of yours and, you know, somebody who works closely with you, as you know, the people can tell that, uh, you know, we work closely together. I I do see that that that's one of the things that you definitely hold, you know, strong as well in, in your skill set that you do allow the people who talk to you to have a certain level of trust. And for people who do what we do, I think that that's like one of, if not the biggest thing that you can have in your arsenal. I agree. You know, and like for me, I, you know, I, I, I tried to come up with this platform to allow people to, you know, be unapologetically themselves and express themselves in ways in which they probably wouldn't be able to in a quote unquote normal setting or like a you know high profile arena, if you will. And, you know, having places like the How Talk podcast or you having your own podcast and, and everything that you do about sports, I think that allows people to not only be unapologetically themselves, but it also creates great content because they are being unapologetically themselves. Yeah, I definitely right. I think um, podcasts, in my mind, um, you know, I, I, I remember someone asking me like in 2011, do you have a podcast? No, I, I didn't. I never looked at it as a thing. And then, you know, over time, like, you know, being at the Source magazine um, for a period of time uh, and seeing reality TV and not just being engulfed in basketball, I, I kind of saw how being around reality TV stars uh, for that sect of people um, is similar uh, to podcasts for journalists, but I feel like everybody has a podcast. So I feel like, how do you stand out? And I think the biggest thing is journalistically, uh, being able to get your stuff that people say, if they're noteworthy into print. Um, and I really learned that during my time at at CBS. And I feel like that's the comparison to reality television where, you look at somebody and I'm just thinking high profile at the moment. Everybody's not this person, but it, there's a similarity. Look at Cardi B. I mean, Cardi B was already a, a, an Internet personality. Right. Uh, I remember people were putting her in the same breath as like Welvin and and um, and um, Allen, the, the guy, uh, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you're so like A-Town. So mm-hmm. like I, I feel like Cardi B transitioned to Love and Hip Hop she was already a name where she had her name and she had her cult following. She got on Love and Hip Hop and then blew it up. And then she, she, it didn't stop at just that. She then transitioned into music. Um, you know, her growing up uptown, either in the Bronx or Harlem, you, you, right. you have a sense of soul and you have a sense of, you know, the early beginnings, particularly, you know, Cedric Avenue where, you know, hip hop was, was, was born in, mm-hmm. in the Bronx. So I, I feel like, for her, she had a plan and then she transitioned, who she dated, who she married, who she, you know, having a baby, Saturday Night Live. Like, I think if you're doing a podcast, there's a comparison between that and reality TV. It's all in your marketing. It's all in your team, whether that's PR, branding, um, and just what the blogs are saying. So it, it's just a consistent repetition. Um, and I feel like um, as I'm where I am now, just, you know, doing TV and digital TV and stuff of that nature with uh 
uh, Valley, I, I see a similar comparison in how you just use podcasts to get from point A to point B. Yeah, I, I think for me, like just being able to see it up close and personal from you and plenty of other people who do this, you know, the same kind of thing. I think that it's it's impressive for me to, to see you do it to the level that you've done it from like, you know, just starting off specifically with sports, you know, like for the most part and then transitioning to the entertainment field. I think that that jump was pretty significant, especially for somebody like me, because that's something that I'm on the path to doing myself talking to different people from the entertainment sphere to the athletic sphere, business sphere, you know, all types of different arenas. So just being well-versed in all of those areas is, I, I think is something that I'm trying to continue to build upon and also learn the market and then everything else that you just said that separates, you know, me from the next person who does what we do. For sure, man. I think it's all about just your team and um, you, you got a right head on your shoulders. So keep going. No, I appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you, man. <laughs> Well, I want to transition though. So you you mentioned the the, the Memphis Bleak interview, and and we, we we talked about this a little bit off record. But why are you causing so much trouble, man, with your versus talk? What you talking about? <laughs> Who causing trouble? You causing trouble, man. You got the Nas fans mad at you. They can hate me now, but I won't <laughs> stop now. <laughs> nah, man. I mean, it's it, it's 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 a it's a question that to me was topical. I mean versus is really like that second it's it's like the big three for rappers right um it, i won't say it's a retirement home because these guys are like 43 44 45 no I, I get what you're saying though but i i think um the fans want to see a Nas and jay-z versus but i don't think it's going to be in the versus i i could see it being a money grab outside of the versus space i don't want to say i don't see the versus because i know that you know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's both Timbaland and Swiss Beats who 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 have yeah. their stick in it, mm -hmm. and, and Jay is friends with those guys. So I, I think more than anything else, it's not causing trouble. I think I was ahead of the curve because if you recall, uh, when I asked that question, Fat Joe and Ja Rule were like a week or two later, right? And but I also feel like. There's more to hip hop and more to hip hop battles than just New York. Of course. Like it's cool to have Ja Rule and 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 um Fat Joe, but like people really want to see Ja Rule and 50. Um, and I feel like you you, you get that level of 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 uh redemption in my mind. Cause I feel like Fat Joe and, and Ja Rule weren't weren't real wasn't really a fair fight because Ja Rule has hits. Like he's got hits that when I was going to school, I went to a predominantly white um prep school uh, right. i was one of four black kids to graduate and i know that i saw kids driving to school um blasting holla holla baby girl put it on me and it's like like that to me said to me well okay you have that versus what's love what's right love is cool but you look at fat joe you look at ja you look at jada who's i'm very happy for oh absolutely um, you, you look at just all those guys are contemporaries. That that wasn't really a fair fight. 50 and Ja is a fair fight because I feel like 50 looked at what Ja did and hated on him or or at least dogged him and like you're corny. And he did the exact same things that Ja did and, and then some. And, and I think for somebody who grew up in Southside Jamaica, like he not only watched Ja, he also had the front row seat to watch LL Cool J. True. So, I mean... I think at the end of the day, 
it's a conversation. If you want to call it picking a fight, sure. But I think it's a bar, it's a, it's a cookout conversation. And if you looked at my execution, um, I dropped that, I tweeted it uh like Labor Day weekend. So mm-hmm. people were home. I knew what I was doing. So it, it was just a matter. So, you know, if you have Labor Day cookouts, that's a conversation that people were having. And it just went from the cookout outside to, you know, Twitter and Instagram. And just that that to me would be cool. Um, Memphis Bleak is Jay was right here. So of course, if at the end of the day, him speaking on it is as close to the situation as possible. Uh, I, I think on my on my part, it was great marketing. Of course it was. I mean, shit, we're talking about it right now. But I, I want to know, well, me and the fans want to know, because you asked the question to Memphis Bleak, so I want to ask you the question. Jay and Nas do a versus. Who wins, according to you? I don't know. I think it's interesting, though, that you you bring that up, because, you know, when, you, when I spoke with Memphis, I asked him who was his equal, and he said, you know, big, someone like Biggie. Right. So, you know, Biggie's no longer here, God rest his soul. Um, but Biggie alive only put out one album, and the second album he put out was post was was after his death. Right. Um, I versus his 20 hits, right? Yeah. 20 like songs. Biggie. Yeah, but when I look at 20 songs, I look at 20 hits, not just any random 20 songs. I, so, I mean, I feel I mean, but you know, in the in the arena versus you know, certain songs hit different to different people so therefore the hits might not be the songs that hit the hardest you know listen, a la jadakiss listen jadakiss has songs with big jadakiss has songs with jay jadakiss has songs with scarface jadakiss has songs with fabulous dmx eve um mariah carey yeah, lopez so mary like, j so as much as we looked at the locks as a group Number one, I feel like Jada was all, listen, you can't say nothing bad to me about Jada, but no, like, me neither. But like, but like Jada, Jada could have took on Dipset by himself. I don't feel like that that locks dipset battle was a fair fight because I feel like the the only person in dipset that could legitimately compete with Jada solo is Cam. For sure. Cam has longevity going back to the 90s, being around Big L, being around yes. being around Pop, being around Jay. Not just being around Jay and signing Rockefeller, but being a peer of Jay to the point that him and Jay was beefing. So yeah. I, I don't think that that was a fair fight. But as I said, um, I like Sheik Luch. I, I like um, Styles P. Um, I'm glad to see them get their just due because the shiny suit thing with Bad Boy was never their thing. And I think it's a lesson in being independent and knowing your value and um, a a testament to getting out of your deal with Puff because of things that people have said about him business wise for years. Right. Not my experience, but at the end of the day, I have to put those disclaimers out there now because people watch. But no, for sure. For sure. (laughs) At the the end of the day, though, I I think that um, Jay and Nas is a fair fight. I think that. I think, like, if you look at Dipset, to me, G-Unit is more of an equal um, battle. If you look yeah. at Rockefeller as a group, Bad Boy, and and, and me, oh, excuse me, um, Memphis Bleak touched on that. He touched on, he feels like their, their comparison or their equal is Bad Boy. And if, it, and if DMX was still alive, Rough Riders, yeah, Rough Riders would be Rockefeller's yeah. equal. 
Absolutely. So, you know, certain people, like, I feel like Fat Joe and, like, Nelly, but even Nelly, that's not even a fair comparison because Nelly had hits too, not just on a not just on a hip hop level, on a country music. No, for level. sure, for sure. It's 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 different. No, I mean I don't know. I think I, I think when when we talk about these artists and you know talk about twenty songs, you know some people forget, and I think that a lot of people forgot about about Ja Rule because of the Fifty Cent thing. I think a lot of people forgot about Fat Joe, you know, just just because he, you know, they they wasn't listening back to a lot of the hits, and then and then his transition was kind of different from a lot of people's. Like you know, '93 Joe Flow Joe was very very street. That's a street guy, and then you transition to What's Love and all that. And it was very different, so you, you know, kind of get lost though. in the in the you shuffle. Missed, you missed a very important part. What and part? I, and, I, and I and I'm not coming at you. Um, Fat Joe was. Is beloved in the Bronx in a way that is only comparable because I spent some time in Slauson okay. um, to Nipsey, but not in the same way. The difference, I think, was Fat Joe's transition and discovery of Big Pun. Um, and what I will tell you about the Bronx is that Big Pun is beloved in the Bronx amongst our Latino brothers and sisters in the in the in the same way, not the direct comparison, but but it's the same way that Biggie is beloved abroad, right? But specifically to his borough of Brooklyn. But I, I feel like with Fat Joe, um, his significance, and it gets messy just because of what's transpired politically between he and big pun's family right is that he from all i've heard and that i know he is been or was instrumental in managing pun discovering pun putting money towards him and all of that all that goes with that and so it, it's kind of similar to diddy in that um Big was the talent. Diddy was the A&R and the manager. Right. Um, Pun was the talent. Fat Joe had the money. Um, I don't know what their paperwork is like. I'm not going to pretend to know. But I think Fat Joe naturally had bars. No, for sure. Or had somebody write them or however that worked. Puff is not a rapper. At all. He's, he, he's just... He's an entertainer and an entrepreneur and can move in certain rules that Fat Joe cannot. Right. So Fat Joe made that what's love transition. And and but he also what I think did well, particularly in the early 2000s, was his alignment with one DJ Khaled. Yeah. His wife um, is from the Bronx, is a Fordham grad um, and had her own money. He also connect he all the, the, the connection to Cool and Dre producing wise. Mm -hmm. Cool and Dre was as instrumental to Fat Joe's career as I believe the Heatmakers were to Dipset's career. Mm. And the connection to to Khaled and the direct connection to um, Birdman and Cash Money and um, Rick Ross and Lil Wayne. So I feel like there's a lot of stuff that Joe Joe meshed well with that era 
last decade. Absolutely. Not just what's love. No, yeah, I, that was just like one of the songs that I just right, right, right. Like I got transition. you. Yeah, you but know. most people don't know from the front cover to the back. No, right, right. You know, and, and like I said, you know, the whole versus arena. You know, it, it's you know, people people tend to pick sides off you know off the rip where they just go with who's popular. You know, which we seen in the Dipset versus the Locks battle. A whole lot of people was picking Dipset to beat the Locks. I thought they was tripping. Like you know, and, and I and I love both groups, but. Jada kisses in the locks. Like I was like, y'all gotta, y'all gotta relax a little bit. <laughs> but you know, once once the battle happened, people began to realize it's it, it's different levels to it. You know, it, it's it's more than just the hits. Dipset is the modern day Wu Tang Clan. Okay, you gotta explain that one. Style, fashion. You look at um, how forward thinking they were, particularly with Jim, the skull and crossbones belt. Right. The form-fitting jeans and clothes, um, the the true religion jeans, the just the uptown swag. A lot of those down south rappers were copying that. Yeah. So if you look at like how we dress now, 2005, 2006 was like a transitional period. Cause if you remember, people was wearing the polos, they were even like in Philly, people were wearing the um the capri the capri shorts mm -hmm. with the Air Forces or the shells, like Jimmy when he was on those smack dvds and 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 all that other stuff and he was making his mark and then transitioning into um reality tv with with chrissy doing love and hip-hop i feel like jimmy was ahead of his curve while people were still trying to ahead of the time when people were still trying to figure out whether they were going to wear baggy clothes right. or form-fitting clothes and so that's the standard when you look at wu-tang clan and their cult following uh in shaolin um the the merchandise uh, the, the swag, you look at Ghostface Killer, how he was talking. I'm willing to say that his uh, the, his lingo and the way he talks, when I talk to him, it makes me feel like an East Coast version of talking to E-40. I, I understand that. I get that. But I, I just think that cult following for Dipset is so similar because I think that, you know, even Cameron wearing pink and the pink, the, the pink Range Rover, the pink like Lambo, um, just, I mean, people weren't checking for Pharrell like that when he was wearing a pink polo and when Kanye was doing it, but when Cam right. did it, it, it stood out. It's just, it's a Harlem thing. And I think at the end of the day, um, the way that those guys move, it, it just, it reminds me of Wu-Tang. You may disagree, that's my personal opinion, but. Um, no, I, I agree in that, in that sense, as far as like, you know, just what they brought to, like what they brought to the coaches as far as, you know, being able to talk a different way or dress a certain way or whatever that case may be. But, you know, I, when you say that, you know, real avid hip hop listeners are going to be like, oh, I don't know. You know, we got about two or three guys in our top 10 from Wu-Tang. We don't got nobody in our top 10. From that's the difference. And I, and I said from a style perspective, I mean, when you when you talk about, you know, when you talk about Wu Tang, you look at you look at Raekwon. I mean, right. you, you know, you look at Method Man. You look at you know Ghostface Killer. Like you look at those guys. You know, like I I I I think one of the best rappers of all time is not even rapping anymore. He's on late night TV and Black Thought. Yo, absolutely. So you know, at the end, and he and he reminded you a couple of years ago when he did that when he did that our freestyle on Funk Flex. Yeah. So you know, I I think um I, I think hip hop has allowed people to expand what was you know, a, a, a slick talk to, to, and, and people didn't, didn't think take seriously and they monetized it and made it into a 401k retirement program. 
It kind of is. You're talking like Ghostface now. (laughs) You're talking. You're talking in circles. (laughs) I mean, I I think when Biggie's line, when he said, whoever thought that hip hop could take it this far was such a self fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. You know, you like at least at least for me, you know, as as a kid growing up listening to hip hop, you know, throughout my entire childhood up until this point, like I would have never even like thought that like to see so many like like so many transitions of hip hop, even in my 23 years of living. Like, you know, I, I go from from, you know, early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, DMX 50 Cent, uh, you know, all those guys and going going into the mid 2000s, you know like Lil Wayne really becoming that guy and T.I. and the South rappers coming up and then, you know, transitioning into that, you got the Drakes and Nickies and then transitioning into that, you got the mumble rappers and it's kind of going back to lyrical rap. Like it's so many transitions within that small amount of time. It's, 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 it's like something that you don't see in a lot of different arenas or mediums. You know, hip hop is, is one of those things that's like, it's true to what it is, always and forever. It's always going to be evolving. It's always going to be changing. It's always going to be being the, the the front runner for the culture. You right? Yeah, I mean, I know. I, I, I learn from you, man. I learn from you, so I have no choice but to be right. <laughs> there you go. There you go, my man. All right, so I I, I just need two more things from you. So thing sure. one. I want you to drop all your socials and everything so people can know where to find you and to follow you and everything. Keep up with your content. Subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast, uh, streaming on all platforms. Uh, visit ScoopyRadio.com. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, iHeartRadio. Uh, or, you know, and follow me on Twitter. That's where you get a lot of just everything I have going on uh, at ScoopB. Uh, Instagram, scoop underscore B, Snapchat, scoop underscore B. Uh, check out my Scoopy merchandise uh, at Wooter Apparel. Uh, got a lot of, I've been dropping shirts and stuff uh, that I've designed uh, with that team. Uh, Master P, Kawhi Leonard, uh, and others are also uh, partnered with Wooter. So, um, you know, just um, staying busy, getting ready for the season. Uh, yeah, I feel you. We, oh, yeah. Actually, let's let's get into that real quick. If you don't, if you if you got some time, real mm-hmm. quick. So, sure. who who you like for the NBA season? Who's who's winning the chip in Scooby's opinion? It's very early. Um, I, I mean, you you look at the Nets, you look at the Lakers. Those are the, the favorites for many people, but the Bucks are still the champs. Um, and, and you got to respect that. You know, the Nets and the Lakers. Even the 76ers, particularly what's going on with Ben Simmons, definitely make headlines. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's still very early. And we saw this last year that um, who we all thought wasn't even an equation. It was the Phoenix Suns and the, and the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA. Right. So, uh, I hate predictions, um, but I, I'll say that I'm excited for the season. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But even with the Clippers, with Kawhi being out, uh, Paul George is is going to have to carry over from what he did in the playoffs, right. uh, and 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 he and he impressed me a lot, specifically uh, defensively and offensively against the Jazz uh, and and throughout the whole series. You know, you look at the Mavericks. Uh, you know, Luka Doncic has has a person who thinks like him or played like him as in the head coach as in, in Jason Kidd. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of great storylines that that are going into the season, and um, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Come on, man. You you know I'll be look I'll be looking for the, the real Scooby on Twitter type answers, man. 
I mean, I don't have anything right now. I think it's just, you know, we're going through media day, training camp, preseason. Yeah. Regular season starts the 19th. So, yeah, man, I, I definitely think that um, – I definitely think there's a lot of exciting basketball coming, and uh, I'm excited to go back to an 82-game season. Do, do you think that the, the, the COVID-19 uh, mandate or the vaccine mandate is going to play a bigger role than it's already playing in the season? I'm not sure because they still got some things they got to figure out. And, um, you know, sort of 90% of the league is vaccinated. And, right. um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to watch from afar and even up close. Yeah, well, you are watching up close and afar. You know, you, you're going to be at some of the games. If so, you know, I, I got to be there with you, man. <laughs> I don't have any plans right now, but um, we'll see. We'll see how the season goes. All right. So the last thing I need from me, I need you to drop three gems for the people that they could take away from this conversation and apply to their everyday life. And I'll let you get out of here. Take what you uh, do every day and enjoy, find a way to monetize it. Uh, but it's going to take hard work. Uh, the other thing is. Uh, um, that's all I really have. I mean, typical things that I like to tell people is. Uh, you know, don't take no from someone who's not qualified to tell you yes. Um, I think in today's day and age, um, we, we're just, it's constant critique comments in real time. And if you're not used to that level of, of scrutiny, um, you know, growing up or, or wherever, um, it, it, it's, you gotta, you gotta, but you also gotta take people's criticism and see if there's any truth to it and apply it to, to be better. Like to me, that's free game. Absolutely. Uh, and then lastly, uh, you the man in quotes, man. I find find ways to just to to consistently be, be innovative, without breaking your neck. You know the 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 this industry is all about. I remember Kenny Smith said this to me a few years ago. Um, it's it's even though you have social media, social media is nothing more than just the display uh, window uh, in front of uh, whether it's a donut shop and you smell the, the the donuts being cooked or you know, the, the sneaker store where you have the, the, the shoe and display. Um, but the, the game is still shaking hands and kissing babies, who you know, who knows you, um, and, and just, you know, who represents you and gets your message out there and amplifies it. So, you know, the game is the same. It's just new media, you know. We, we've gone from, you know, uh, Nintendo to PS5, Xbox Series, what is it, Series S or Series X? It's, yeah, I'm a PlayStation player. <laughs> it's, it's still a video game. It's just better graphics and just you right. know, adjusting to the times. The game is the game, right? game is the game. All right. Well, with that being said, I'm going to let you go. I want to thank all the Hollow Talk podcast listeners and supporters for supporting us through and through. I want to thank my brother, Brandon Scooby Robinson, for coming back on the Hollow Talk podcast and dropping some game, dropping some gems, dropping some knowledge. I always appreciate that. And I wish you the best of luck with the upcoming season and everything else that you got your hands on. You too, my brother. All right. Take it easy. My man. Hey, everybody, this is Jetpack Nick, and you just listened to another episode of the Howl Talk podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, topic ideas, or you yourself would like to come on as a guest on the Howl Talk podcast, you can reach us at our email, thehowltalkpodcast at gmail.com, and across all social media platforms at the Howl Talk podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and remember, no talk is too shallow over here at the Hollow.